You're listening to Bits of Me, the podcast about women's bodies, all the things we should know about them, and all the stories behind them. In this episode, I talk to Anna Jacob, who has had severe acne for much of her teens and adult life. We talk about the pill that fixed her skin but triggered years of severe depression, what it's like to constantly want to cover yourself up, the issue of media representation, and how she learned to worry less about her appearance and found her confidence again. But before we start, I want to quickly thank all the Bits of Me patrons who are helping to make Season 2 possible. If you're listening and you like the podcast and want to help break stigmas and end the culture of silence surrounding women's health, you can become a patron for as little as €2 a month. Just go to patreon.com forward slash bits of me. But now, Anna Jacob. So you started getting spots when you were about 12 or 13, which I suppose is kind of normal um, for a a lot of young women. Uh, But at what point did you feel as if it was not normal and it was getting, um, it was becoming a problem for you? Um, I think I always had a very good relationship with my doctor um, and like my mum was a healthcare professional. She was always, you know, would always encourage us to get anything checked out. Um, so I think after a, a couple of years, yeah, so it was probably around the time that my period started that I just started getting, you know, just your average teenage spots, but I get the odd one that was really big and painful and mm. nasty. <laughs> And, um, and I was getting a lot on my back as well, which, um, yeah, it was, I mean, they just made you feel really ugly and self-conscious. And, yeah. um, so I probably went to the doctor after a couple of years and was initially prescribed, uh, topical lotions and, mm. um, antibiotics. I think I went on a, a short course of antibiotics yeah didn't do anything at all um and at home I, I tried you know all the products that I could get my hands on um I think from maybe the age of 14 or 15 I was also going on sunbeds which is not something I'd recommend <laughs> but, back, you know, back in those days yeah exactly this is the early noughties I mean it wasn't that <laughs> yeah. long ago I mean we still knew about skin cancer and stuff but um I don't know that was one of the the really superficial things that did help in the short term. Like if I had okay. been on holiday and got some sun, my skin would clear up a little bit. Um, yeah. So I think I kind of clung to that as a sort of, you know, cure. I was like, can we move to Florida or something? So that I have <laughs> nice skin, please. Um, you know, England just isn't working out for me. Uh, but yeah, that nothing was really getting to the the root of it and um so I think after a little bit of back and forth with my doctor I ended up going on to Dianet um which has a bunch of other names as well um but I think Dianet's kind of the most common name for it the medical name is something like Cosipri- I'm gonna get this wrong now Cosiprindiol <laughs> <laughs> okay but but it's a something contraceptive like pill it's a contraceptive pill but it's yeah you're not supposed to prescribe it as a pill because it has uh, a heightened risk of blood clots and uh, DVT. Um, yeah. So I don't think it 
it's very rare that it is actually prescribed just as a pill and if it is okay. then it's a mistake um yeah. but i have heard of women being prescribed it just as as a pill but yes yeah, so mm. it's it's only really supposed to be for severe acne and uh, that hasn't responded to anything else or for uh hirsutism <laughs> okay which, <laughs> which is I found out which is an excess of body hair um <gasps> yeah it's interesting um not something i've ever been half swedish not something i've ever experienced <laughs> so so presumably like that that would be hormonal as well if, because yes. that's the it's a hormonal treatment exactly so it was when i was first put on dianet i was told by my doctor that i you know the root cause of my spots was that i had too much testosterone basically i mean yeah. those probably weren't her exact words but um that was my understanding of it at the time and i remember being quite uh, maybe slightly proud of that <laughs> oh like maybe pride isn't the word but I was like oh that makes sense because I'm a tomboy and you know oh okay I lo- yeah I was into football well mostly football stickers <laughs> but you know I was definitely as a teen would have been yeah more of a Doc Martens wearing you know getting muddy climbing trees kind of kid rather than you know, I wasn't very interested in makeup and stuff um obviously it's far more complex than that but yeah I just yeah. that was my understanding at the time was like I had too many boy hormones needed a few more girl hormones yeah. so that my skin would calm down um and yeah so it just it worked uh within three months my skin was beautiful and my boobs had grown like three cup sizes wow um which was mad yeah uh but very quickly, I got it. Just started experiencing severe depression, um, mm. which at the time didn't make a lot of sense to me, because um, it, it just some. I just didn't know anything about depression. You know, I was still at school, and there wasn't the conversation about mental health that we have now. I don't think. Mm. Um, certainly not that I can remember, and I just didn't really understand what was wrong with me, especially as. I now had perfect skin, which had been, you yeah. know, the thing causing me the most anxiety and low mood in the, in you know, my uh, adolescent life. Um, and had you been depressed beforehand as a result of the, the skin stuff? Or was it more just that it was the thing that was bothering you? Or like, what was the contrast between the before and after going on the pill? Yeah, so that's a good question, because... I was definitely down about my skin, but I wouldn't call it depression because I, you know, for me, it was very, you know, A plus B equals C, like my skin is bad. So I feel a bit crap about myself and it would fluctuate as well. Like my skin is very, you know, connected with my periods. Like I think most women experience, you know, Mm. I'd get the worst spots in the few days before my period and then it would Mm. calm down again. So, you know that would change my mood as well um and also being female I felt perfectly confident in covering it up with makeup and mm. I quite quickly got pretty good at that um yeah spending a lot of pocket money on various yeah exactly concealers and foundations um so yeah you know I was just kind of managing it best I could but it did make me feel crappy and you know, occasionally you'd get like a mean comment from someone at school or whatever. And, you know, that was mm. never nice. But yeah, it was nothing compared to how I straight away felt on, on Dianet. 
which was just I was crying all the time like I remember coming home from school like shutting myself in my room crying until it was time for dinner going home with my dinner getting back into my room crying some more (laughs) like it was awful and Uh, you didn't know what was going on you didn't feel sad for any particular reason you were just low no just just felt like absolute crap and yeah I just couldn't focus couldn't concentrate my grades just took a total nosedive like when I was like my GCSEs I got all A's and B's you know I was pretty I was pretty good student and Mm. um I'd say at the time I was quite a promising writer I'd won a, a few poetry competitions when I was about 14 and um yeah like had a this great relationship with my English teacher at school who's very encouraging, you know, that I should keep keep writing and that kind of stuff. And then just, I, I couldn't, but the poetry that I wrote on Dianet was <laughs> dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> just complete self-indulgent, utter shite. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it just, it like wrecked my confidence, wrecked my concentration, my focus. So my, like, I barely passed my A-levels. Um, Mm. And I remember just trying, trying to study and just not being able to read, you know, a page, you know, without mm. kind of, I don't know, my mind just was like full of anxiety and like just self-loathing and, um, mm. and uh, yeah, just like no energy. Um, you know, I, this is a thing as well, like when you're a teenager you're kind of told that that's normal oh you know you want to sleep all the yeah. time um you're supposed to be a bit moody and um yeah, yeah i kind of th- thought like oh, i guess that's just it you know i guess i'm just God. being a hormonal teenager and yeah. and you know i would relate it to my life as well like you know if i was dumped by a boy then i was like well that's that's why I'm so sad, you know. Yeah. Um, and it did kind of, uh, I think, without wanting to get too much into personal stuff, like it, it really ruined a lot of my friendships at the time. You know, I mm. felt very distant from everyone in my life and I made a lot of very self-destructive decisions when it came to relationships and um, the kind of stuff I was doing um, mm. in my personal life. And... Yeah, just that was me for like five years. Uh, and when I, you know, I managed to scrape into a university, I got into my head that, that was, I just needed a change of scene, like everything would be fine once I got to university. Mm. Um, meet some new folks and, you know, get some independence, it'll all be grand. And yeah, obviously nothing changed because I was still on the, this awful pill. Yeah. And, um, but thankfully... The uni had a very good um, sort of mental health. What I'm looking for, <laughs> they, were, they were just very good at like mental health support, basically. Um, yeah. And so through my my uni doctor, you know, I told them what was going on, and funnily enough, nobody put two and two together. Nobody, you know, clocked that I was on this pill. Um, yeah. That could be causing it. They offered me antidepressants, but I have always been very wary of taking anything that I, you know didn't feel that I really really needed whereas you know Dianet I felt like for my skin I really needed it but I was just very nervous about taking antidepressants for Mm. whatever reason and so I had 
some counselling instead for about a year, which was great. I mean, counselling's whatever headspace you're in, it's great. And I would always recommend Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Whether or not it's getting to like the, the chemical, you know, cause of any problem. Yeah. Um, so that was... But there was a doctor at that time as well who you went to to get um, a prescription for Dianet, wasn't there? Yeah, so I think it was towards the end of my counselling, I tried to get a repeat prescription of Dianet because I was getting it in three-month um, packs, Um from my family doctor back home Mm. and um she'd just been very much like oh well it's working for you just keep taking it I don't I don't remember her asking about my mental health really but um I think as well because she was a family doctor I kind of felt a bit awkward about talking about that Mm. stuff with her as well um so yeah I just knew that she'd always give it to me basically and then there was one month that I'd run out and um, couldn't get home for some reason. So I went to the uni doctor and saw, saw a doctor I, had, I hadn't seen before and she straight away said, I'm not giving you any more Dianet because yeah. you've presented with depression. There's a known link and yeah. um, that's almost certainly the cause of it. Uh, I'll put you onto a, a gentler pill if you want to stay on the pill. And um, in a very uncharacteristic <laughs> reaction, I freaked I like properly flipped out and was like no you have to give it to me you have like it's the only thing that works like I can't have bad skin again you know Mm. I've I've come off it before and it's just my spots have come back straight away um I've tried other pills like you just have to give it to me and she's like fair play to it she like she just refused and was like you really have to try coming off this and see if it makes a difference and yeah, being a headstrong teenager who's also... I, I, I think there was some sort of element of addiction going on. I mm. I don't know. I was so scared of, of coming off it at that point. Um, mm. I don't know if I was just... Something in my depressive state was just, you know, had its claws into me, didn't want any mm. sort of... any change. Um, and so I, I just managed to get home for the weekend, got a new prescription for my old doctor and kept taking it for another year or so after that um I suppose it's not that strange if you're already feeling like you're not really coping and you're not well mentally Mm. um and you're then thinking about what might happen if you come off that pill that helps your skin which is something that you feel is important it kind of makes sense that you'd be scared to come off that on top of everything else if you haven't joined the dots that actually that's what's triggering absolutely yeah you kind of feel like oh the last thing I need right now is my spots to come back you know I feel bad enough anyway yeah absolutely nail on the head um yes and then what changed you you got a new prescription and then what happened to trigger you to you were reading up more about Dianet or what happened so yeah I've had a look in some of my teenage diaries recently over Christmas which was fun um and yeah, I'm trying to get the sort of timeline right. But I, so I, I moved to Ireland when I was 21 and mm. um, I came off the pill shortly after that. And I think half of it was because I thought, right, I'm not a teenager anymore. I've, you know, I should have grown up skin now, surely. Like if I come off now, I should be safe. Like my, my, mm. I should have, you know, that stuff should be behind me. Yeah. Um, 
so I'll give it a try. Secondly, I didn't have health insurance in Ireland. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, good uh, Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Forcing you to come off yeah. your medication. Great. Um, but, you know, in the end, that, that was a good thing. Uh, well, it's never a good thing not to have health insurance. But, um, yeah, so I, I, anyway, I came off uh, and my skin instantly went back to, like, probably worse spots than I had had yeah. before I went onto the pill. But it was just like a dark cloud lifting after five years. Wow. Um, and I've, like, that's the way I've described it since it happened. And I've read stories of so many women who've said the exact same thing online. Yeah. Um, just suddenly you're like, oh, that's what it was. <laughs> it was the pill. Wow, yeah. now I feel fine. Um then I, I kind of, you know, thought back to what that, that one doctor had said about the link and I, I did a bit of reading and kind of, yeah, initially got quite angry that, you know, I'd lost sort of five years to to this and five really, you know, important years as well, you know. I Absolutely. If I really want to talk to myself, I'll, you know, go into that sort of wormhole of like oh but what mm. if I had had a happy time at college what if I'd you know gotten really good grades and gotten into a, a really good university like no mm. disrespect to my university but it wasn't wasn't <laughs> Oxbridge <laughs> that's for sure and yeah that's that really sucks however like there are a lot of women out there who've had far worse times and there have been a few suicides linked to the pill um They've wow. been, it is banned in several countries um, and it's been under reviews and stuff like, yeah, it doesn't, they don't seem to be getting very far with it though. Like there's a, been a campaign to just sort of change the wording in the information leaflet yeah. to sort of underline that link to depression. And I think to this day on, on like, obviously I haven't had the pill in my hands for a long time, but you know, on yeah. the NHS website, it just says, you know, side effect, low mood. Or like change okay. mood changes. It's like, <laughs> but it <you're laughs> says that enough. on all contraceptive pills, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you know, I think for the average woman, it's like mood changes. I'm used to that. <laughs> that's just, yeah, that's my life. That's my entire life. Um, and did you ever go back to to your family doctor and ask them about this or talk to them about it? No, she actually retired not long after that, okay. and yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I never really got the chance to do that. I also, mm. I think, I really just wanted to put it behind me when, when I was mm. off the pill and, you know, felt like I had my sanity back. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, like, make up for lost time and, and move on. Um, but, you know, I've I've told everyone who'll listen since then and, you know, I have occasionally come across someone who has been taking it or someone whose teenage daughter has been prescribed it and I've you know been like read everything you can online like yeah keep an eye on this person who's on it you know because I you know I, I I you know was quite a secretive teenager like I think many are um didn't want to have those conversations with my parents or with my friends and when you're depressed you you feel like well I felt like oh, no one understands what I'm going through anyway, so there's no point in talking to anyone, yeah, you know. of course. It can be, like, a very personal suffering. Um, so, yeah, it's your teenage daughter or, you know, 
whoever it is who's on this pill is not necessarily going to go to their doctor three months down the line mm. and say, hey, I'm really depressed. Like, could it be the pill? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. What's it been like for you since you came off the Dinette pill? Um, and so your skin went back originally to being really bad, but the depression went away. Um, yeah. So, so what's your relationship with your body and your skin and everything been like? Um, so it, it was really bad through the, the whole of my twenties. Um, just, I, I never really had a day where I didn't have at least one spot (laughs) and, Mm. um, and yeah, every time my period roll around, I get two or three really nasty, really painful, like, you know, gross looking, (laughs) you know pussy disgusting um zits on my face and and always on my back as well like I I've struggled Mm. my entire life to find swimwear that actually like covers my acne scarring um I mean in the last few years I've just stopped caring I'm like you know I'm 34 now and yeah I couldn't give a crap if someone on the beach is like (laughs) ew that woman has like scars on her back um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, I like wear whatever I like now, but but still like I, you know I don't own any strappy tops or dresses. I don't own anything yeah. backless. Like I would feel quite self conscious, you know, at a, a party or a wedding or something with you know that kind of skin on on show. And mm. yeah, I <laughs> thing is it just it's not as bad as a severe depression. Like you know, even the worst yeah. acne is just. I think there there was one piece online that I read about the reviews into Dianet and one of the reviews came back that the positives outweighed the negatives, basically. Um, so they were going right. to keep keep prescribing Dianet because it did more good than harm, which... The positives it, being looking better, but well, feeling... this shit. is it. For me, that begs the question, <laughs> are we putting female beauty ahead of female mental health, which is... Wow really messed up um really I don't know maybe up, yeah. there's maybe there's more to it than that I'm, I'm not entirely mm. sure but you know I, I like I hate the fact that we live in in a world where you know female beauty is seen as being so important and I spe- I think especially when I was a teenager and in my early 20s you know if I could go back now I just take all the fucking cosmopolitan sorry I didn't mean to swear there um that's fine. <laughs> that, was, that was totally justified, I think, yeah. I would get rid of all the, like, cosmopolitan magazines, all the, like, trash around that was telling me that, you know, my worth was based on what I could offer a man in the bedroom and how good I looked. Yeah. Um, you know, that, there was just so much of that around, and there still is, like, and I just, you know, there was there weren't enough strong voices in my life at the time saying, hey, like focus on your writing focus on your music focus on the things that actually make you happy inside yourself that don't have anything to do with anybody else because nothing else matters and like boys will fancy you despite a few spots you know Uh, and the ones that don't like they're not worth your time (laughs) so yeah um but you know I'm not gonna pretend that that wasn't a problem throughout my 20s and even you know Mm. more recently and I, you know, it was a long time where I couldn't look in the mirror and not see just bad skin. Um, mm. 
and I'd hate any kind of compliment, like physical compliment. I'd be like, you're just trying to make me feel better because of my skin, you know. Um, I think one, once the depression had lifted, um, you know, I really felt like I had got my personality back, which, yeah. you know, I definitely use humor a lot in my day-to-day life and you know I felt like that had been sort of diminished for those years I you know saw myself as a kind of a bit of a I don't know melancholic kind of serious person in that time and then you know when those dark clouds lifted I was like oh yeah I'm fun and funny and you know (laughs) yeah this is who I am um and that was actually really helpful with my skin because once I was able to make jokes out of it um yeah it it also because it's something that i think you know the nice people in your life aren't gonna mention it um you know it's only the the a-holes who are gonna like call you pizza face and that kind of thing um oh god yeah (laughs) so but to sort of break through that feeling of like you know i have this horrible spot today everyone's staring at it like they must be because it's huge and i feel terrible if you can make reference to it somehow just turn it into a joke and just be like you know have you met my friend you know any kind of crap joke um that's really helpful and it just opens that conversation a little bit and you know you find that people you know when they've stopped giving you advice on what product to use you know people are really nice about it and reassuring and um and yeah like my brother and I as a fellow acne sufferer we we talk about it in a in a jokey way quite a lot but um yeah I've not massively told people in my life about the the Dianette period because because of wanting to just move on from it and and I I think I sometimes feel like oh am I just blaming all my failures on this drug you know, I'm like, mm. uh, maybe I did just screw up my A-levels because I'm lazy and um, stupid, <laughs> you know. Whereas I, I can see on paper, like, I, you know, yeah, I started taking this. I felt like this, you know, before Dianette, you know, I was a completely different person and I worked really yeah. hard and I, you know, did really well. Um, but yeah, it's really hard to sort of get that voice out of my head of, of like ah, you can't blame everything on you know the, a pill you know maybe you are just a, a crap person <laughs> with spots yeah. even though there are all these other other people yeah exactly who are adding their voices to that same oh, thing. totally yeah. and and it helps like don't get me wrong it's been really cathartic to read all these stories from women like so many of them like they the stories could have come out of my mouth easily like but still yeah, it's it's tough mm. when you're sort of this much older and still feeling the impact of that. And I think depressive uh, kind of behaviours do die hard. Like if you've had a, a period like that, even if you've come off that drug or, you know, whatever, you've started taking a drug that something's helping you with your depression, it is kind of hard to get those little patterns, get rid of those little patterns of self-loathing and... Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. But yeah, I, d- I think because it, it was five years of my life at like quite a critical stage in my life, it's hard yeah. to just move on from that. You know, when I think back to anything that happened in that time, friends I had in that time, there's always that little like, oh, yeah, that was the time that I just couldn't get out of bed and was crying constantly. And 
you know, that'll always taint my my college years. You know, there's there's no way of getting yeah. around that. And you know, every time I meet someone who's like had a brilliant time at university, that's where they met all their friends and everything. You know, I can't escape the like, oh, yeah, that's the, yeah. the worst times of my whole life. It's awful. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, in that respect, it, you know, it has been, has had a long tail in its, um, impact on me as a person mm. and that sucks. And I don't want to like be the Debbie Downer who's always going on about that, but yeah, I'm very happy to, to share the story in the hope that <laughs> any other woman who's experienced this feels a little bit, you know, more vindicated, less alone. I know you have a lot of thoughts and feelings about pop culture as well and the way acne is portrayed on screen. Like if if a person in a film gets a spot or if a woman in a film gets a spot, that's like plot twist, big problem. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That That is another thing. Like I've been kind of studying film a little bit in the last few years and and looking, you know, reading up a lot on representation and... and um, kind of stuff and it was either like disaster the prom queen has a big zit the night before the big date or whatever you know or it was like the butt of the joke like the spotty kid Mm. um you know I never really saw someone who just had spots and it wasn't the big thing in their life they were just it was just something that wasn't even mentioned um and it's funny I think because when you look at um body positivity movements and the way people talk about like fat bodies and how we shouldn't talk about dieting and that kind of stuff the same people would quite happily sit and talk about how they get their skin to look so good and I'm not comparing the two in that I know that you know people in bigger bodies would be discriminated against in a number of different ways Mm. which is not so much the case if you have particularly bad skin or spots or whatever but there's definitely something there I think that's a bit problematic for lack of a better term why do we do that as body positive feminists even I find Mm. that a little bit jarring yeah absolutely like it just it shouldn't matter like you've said as well that it's it's not always that you can just go and oh okay cool I'll spend all this money on products and I look fine yeah and if there's one thing I've learned in my experience is that there is no product on the market that's going to get rid of your spots like there's products that'll make them heal slightly faster or that'll yeah. soothe them a little bit, but um, I've tried everything, and you know, a pretty regular occurrence since my teen years were were people always people with beautiful skin saying, "Oh, but have you tried this?" And it, uh, eventually, you just want to like punch them in the face. You're like, you think I yeah. haven't tried Clearasil? Like, <laughs> you think <laughs> I haven't tried? You know, come on. Um, and that there is a misconception as well that it's due to poor hygiene. Um, yeah. and poor diet which is such nonsense my best friend at school always had the most perfect like you know peachy skin like you couldn't see a yeah. single pore and my god she ate such crap <laughs> like, <laughs> I hope she's listening she'll, she'll agree like wholeheartedly like her <laughs> fridge at home was just full of like cheese strings and yeah, yeah it's just cups full of crisps and like they'd have like chocolate every day whereas you know my mom being a swede was very 
Lord our school days like we were only allowed tr- very specific treats on specific <laughs> days we'd never be allowed crisps on a weekday like shock horror so yeah that's that's a load of nonsense and um yeah I also like I'd say most people listening who've had bad acne at some stage in their life will tell you they probably shower and clean their face more than mm. anyone else um yeah. you know it becomes like a bit of a compulsion in some ways um and yeah like my cleansing regime was like ridiculous you know I probably was probably overdoing it at some stages of my mm. life and the, you know the advice you get from you know women's magazines and stuff is often so conflicting as well it's about selling yeah. you like the next thing it's not about like okay let's actually look at you know just covering the basics like just keeping yourself it's clean. about making you feel bad and selling you the solution exactly yeah that's yeah. it um and yeah, I've even like, you know, shame to say that I've bought several like devices over the years as well. There was a kind of UV face torch thing that I was yeah. like, oh, such nonsense. Like, but yeah, you, you know, you can be the smartest person in the world and, you, you know, your vanity will always get the better of you at some stage. Mm. You'll fall for some kind of marketing thing. But um yeah, none of it works. The one thing, and um, not to get all hippy-dippy on you, but the one thing that did make <laughs> a little difference was um, cutting out dairy, um, which mm. I did, I think I was about 28, 29. And it didn't clear my skin up completely. Like, nothing ever has. Like, I, I'll still get a few spots around my period, though it's since my early 30s, it's been much better. But mm. um, I had tried a load of diets in my early 20s. I tried cutting out sugar and yeast which is no fun at all because like yeah all kinds of stuff that you think well, there's very little you can eat at the end possibly, of the day yeah this couldn't possibly have sugar or yeast and oh no it does um yeah that that was no fun made absolutely no difference um but yeah a, a fellow acne sufferer suggested the dairy thing he said it helped him a little bit and yeah very very quickly it was it was more like an all-over health thing like i I've had like a bit of a blocked nose my entire life pretty much and I yeah. I stopped drinking milk and suddenly I was like oh I can breathe again that's great and definitely yeah I, I noticed a difference in my acne it didn't go away but it was suddenly like more manageable which was mm. brilliant so yeah I'd say anyone listening with that with suffering from acne like give that a try I'm not saying it's going to work but mm. it might be that it has an impact I do still eat cheese because mm. it's it's worth having spots. She's <laughs> so good. What would you if you um, if you look back at your teens and twenties? If you could change one thing, what would it be? Or if there was one thing that could have made a big difference for you, what would it be? I do wish that they had just monitored me while I was on dinette, like properly. You know, just if just someone had made that link earlier and. You know, I still would have needed the support to come off of it because, you know, I was at the time so convinced that, you know, having clear skin was going to make me happier. Um, mm. But yeah, I, you know, I get quite upset when I think about all the women, all the, the young girls who've who've been on it for years and have just had so little understanding of why they were depressed. And yeah, yeah. And, it you know, it, it robs you of so much time. Um and yeah, like I said before, you know, I can get quite down about that, but mm. um, yeah, just sort of 
I try to live in the present, which is very hard during a global pandemic. <laughs> you don't have yeah. as many distractions as, as normal. But yeah, I mean, I mean the, the issue of female body image and you know the pressure on us to to look a certain way is so huge. I mean, I don't even know where you yeah. start with that issue. I know, and you know, all we can do is like keep talking to the women in our lives, keep reminding them that their skin isn't the be-all and end-all of their, you know, their life and that yeah. their appearance really shouldn't matter that much. How have you managed to kind of get to a better place about it all? Because you, like, even by sitting talking about it now, I suppose that shows that you've come a long way. Yeah, I think I I wouldn't have been that confident talking about it when I was 19, 20. Um, I think I j- just through growing up a little bit as a as a woman uh, mm. getting a bit more comfortable in my skin as I think most of us do in our 30s mm. yeah I've just stopped caring I also you know I'm in a really good relationship with a guy who really couldn't give a crap about <laughs> my appearance you know yeah. speaking as someone who's worn pajamas for the past 11 <laughs> months <laughs> hasn't worn a bra in the same length of time you know I've been cutting my own hair like I don't think I've ever looked this crap and you know still my relationship has survived (laughs) um yeah educating myself I think you know for all the ills of social media I've been really lucky in finding like a really supportive community of you know mostly women on Instagram and other places where um I just get a lot of good messaging every day Mm. around body positivity and yeah there is a lot of acne stuff if you go and look for it you know it's not something that comes up loads I'd say probably because I'm in my 30s now and it's not such a huge concern I'd say maybe if I was in my teens or 20s I'd a lot of that stuff would be directed towards me more but um yeah when I have gone to look for it there is there are some really lovely um young women out there who are you know sharing their acne journeys on online Mm. and and that's great. There are a couple of models, you know, with with bad acne. Um, I say bad, maybe I shouldn't use the word bad. Severe acne. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know, who are really trying to raise awareness around it. Mm. You know, a lot of them are sharing their journeys on, you know, taking various medications, which, mm. like, I, you know, Dianet has worked wonders for a lot of women that haven't had these side effects. There are other treatments out there that, you know, have worked wonders none of them mm. is free from risk uh you know yeah the even dianet i think there's a heightened risk of breast cancer as well which nobody told me about would have loved to know yeah. that it's very very yeah. small but it's still like yeah maybe maybe if someone maybe if the you know the day that i was prescribed it they'd said it can make you really depressed it can heighten your risk of mm. breast cancer and obviously deep vein thrombosis they don't worry so much when you're that young and you know i was never mm overweight or like I don't think I had any of the other sort of um wasn't in any of the high risk categories yeah but yeah I, I, I just think you know I was, I was listening to your episode on the uh the mesh yeah uh there are just so many procedures and um medications prescribed I don't without any kind of information given and I, I just I I just think we should have to sign something <laughs> that yeah really yeah you know really understand every single little issue that mm. that could arise and it just that there are doctors out there who are just willing to throw anything at a problem without 
without really educating the patient. And, and yeah, like maybe they don't mm. have time. Maybe it's, you know, I'm not a medical professional. I don't know, like, how many, mm. how stressful it is. But um, I suppose that even if it was like, go home and read this thing before we start. Exactly. It doesn't take more time. It's just here's the information so you can make an informed decision. Yeah. And there there will be a lot of risks that are maybe, you know, if, if it's a risk that is so, so rare, mm. um that it happens maybe you can't be worrying about every single thing that might happen but if it's something that's really really uh, life-changing like the um with the case of the mesh surgery mm. and the mesh implants for example that you can end up in a wheelchair you know you need to be informed <laughs> even if it doesn't happen to everyone Absolutely. and if loads of women are getting really depressed from taking dianet for example mm. they need to be told you know absolutely um but you know there are there are uh, charities out there trying to raise awareness there's an amazing um, woman who runs something called April, which is covers all its adverse. Um, yes, April.org.uk. So it's yeah, basically any medication that's given women or anyone an adverse um, response, and she's you know been collecting amazing data and Brilliant. trying to get laws changed. And there's a yellow card system, which I did not know about. I don't think many people know no, about. But yeah, any it's I think it's a UK thing, but. Um, yeah, if you've had any kind of adverse adverse effect <laughs> from um, <laughs> any kind of medication, uh, you can report it there. And I think once once they've collected enough data to make a case for for changing the law around something, or you know, changing the information you get, uh, that's mm. sort of put into place. But there does seem to be a lot of delays with it and a lot of issues that um, these charities are kind of complaining about. It's not really doing its job, mm. and it's just not. Um, like publicized enough it's like it's not promoted enough mm. to to the patients i mean i'm amazed that i'd never heard of it and you know i have um yeah. i have told other you know i said that my my family doctor had retired but i have mentioned it to other doctors since and you know i've gotten a bit of like no oh, that's that's a shame you know but yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's the most there's no like oh well that's actually quite serious you know this is how yeah. you let you know the right people know about it um there are a lot of women who have been prescribed um, antidepressants on top of the dinette without, you know, trying to come off at first. That I find just like mind boggling. It's like you're on a job. Especially drug, if it's the same GP yeah, prescribing exactly. both. That just seems bonkers. Yeah. And that, you know, I really feel, you know, that, that almost happened to me. I really feel for the yeah. women who are just like, full of medication and going like <laughs> yeah you know how have I gotten into this situation but they've good skin yeah well exactly <laughs> so who can complain oh man yeah but yeah the, the, there are so many stories out there that are just identical to mine and um, yeah what can you do it's, it's great to feel that solidarity but if you're just not seeing any changes happening it's, it's yeah it's depressing apparently it's only 1 to 10% of serious adverse effects tend to be reported and that's those that end up in hospital or disability or death so like if wow. you know depression is mild supposedly yeah. <laughs> well um you know certainly like a lot of women have re- reported suicidal thoughts and um mm. you know mine was never quite that bad but it was wasn't far off i'd say um but yeah mm. like judging by that you know they've had so many women reporting it and I'd say there are just endless others who haven't you know for whatever reason um yeah uh, have you 
out of curiosity i have reported it to the yellow card yeah. scheme now yeah and um i'm kind of once i'd got past the sort of oh i just want to put it behind me phase now that i um you know have been doing a bit of reading and i'm really sort of thinking about it i uh yeah i'm kind of determined to you know at the very least like add my voice to those hundreds of other voices of women sort of trying to tell their stories um that was anna jacob on bits of me anna is more than happy to chat to anyone who's struggling with their skin or who's had a similar experience of dianette i'll link her instagram profile in the show notes this week, I want to extend a special thanks to the patrons Roisin Kelly, Beth Kilkenny, Caroline Redine Healy and Grace Kelly for being generous supporters and all-round legends. If you too want to support Bits of Me, go to patreon.com forward slash bits of me. You'll find all of season one on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all other major podcast platforms. And you can get all the news and more on Instagram at bitsofme underscore podcast. Thanks for listening.